PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Jerry Poppin' Daddies, roll out. That's that's enough. That's over. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 445 of Cinema Crespediso. I'm your host, Chris Crespo. Tune in to Crespediso Studio with Drew Stacogman. Drew. Chris. How you doing? I'm doing. Cool. How you guys doing at home? Cool. Is no one going to ask me how? No, nobody cares how you're doing, Chris. No one's gonna ask me I don't how care I'm how you're doing. doing. It matters not. If an ego falls in the forest and no one's around to <laughs> ask if it's okay, is it truly bruised? How does that work? Uh, Drew's a cockburn. Uh, a lot of movies out this weekend, streaming mm-hmm. and in theaters, mm-hmm. and uh, also streaming and theaters. Mm-hmm. Looking at you, Warner mm-hmm. Brothers slash HBO. Uh, something that they have announced that they're going to abandon uh, next year. This was a, a pandemic-only year thing because they made so many filmmakers mad and had ended up paying out so much money in the back end for, I mean, like, I'm royalties a, and stuff. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, it works for me, guys. Uh, so we got that. We got Disney Plus stuff. Heads up now, guys and gals. We are going to do Loki spoilers. They'll be, uh, you know, we'll say what is happening. <laughs> <laughs> It's not like it. we're just going to shout out something crazy all of a sudden. Uh, but there will be Loki spoilers in this episode. Beware. Listener, beware. And then, of course, we have uh, uh, some returning segments this episode, uh, both sponsored and otherwise. Okay. It's going to be a weird, wild episode, Drew. I'm ready for it. You ready for it? Sure. All right. Well, first off, let's talk about the weirdest, wildest movie of 2021, Space Jam, colon, A New Legacy. Is it the weirdest, wildest movie? Of the year? When uh, they entered into Mad Max Fury Road, my jaw dropped. That was Chris. I didn't even know what to think. I didn't know what to think. When when Wiley Coyote held up the sign that said "Witness me," Witness me and spray painted his mouth. <laughs> I like. I couldn't believe it. Like like I I exploded with joy. I mean, like did you? I didn't know it was I, to be happy or sad. I just couldn't believe it. I lolled all over the place. Wow. All over. I had to clean up after my loll. <laughs> oh man, you it was a messy one. Lolled in your jeans. <laughs> Um, I, that did not make me laugh. I was just dumbfounded. I was like, I cannot believe they're going there. Yeah, dude, they went the Ready Player One route, where 100%. they just threw in as Anything many properties as they owned to the point where they it, could. To the point where it doesn't make sense because is this I'm movie see, is, is, sense. is this movie not for children? I mean, uh, it's for children. This is a ch- this. It's a Looney Tunes movie with basketball. It is for children. That scene was for adults. <laughs> that it's scene- an R-rated movie. That kids don't get Mad Max when they entered into the Matrix and and did bullet time jokes from two thousand three. I was like, first off, dated. Second, who is this for? Like, I, I mean, I thought it, those I, are R-rated movies. I know, but I thought I thought it was hilarious that Speedy Gonzalez was dodging bullets. Yes, <laughs> so all the time. Fun fun fact: he wasn't going into bullet time. He was just being yeah. Speedy Gonzalez. Exactly. Yeah, he, yeah. he wasn't. Um, you know. um, Pennywise hanging out there. Like, no. are four year olds going to be like, "Yay, Pennywise"? No. Once again, that's like that's little, little step for, for the adults. 
but it's a, it's a movie for children, though. Uh, but then they're trying to cater to the adults <laughs> too. But then they know they're going to be there. But then when adults go online and like say this movie sucks, then yeah. other adults are like, "What's wrong with you? You're shitting on a movie for kids." <laughs> so it's like, damn if you do, damn if you don't. Yeah. Uh, there is one moment that made me laugh out loud, hard. Like I was like, "That's a solid joke," and that's the big build-up to the reveal of Michael Jordan. Yes. That was, that was hilarious. That, I especially laughed when, out loud. Especially when they started playing the fucking... Uh, what do you need? I was like, the big build-up? Yeah. I was like, what What are they doing here that they're built? This is this better pay off. And then it did. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like, holy shit. That's a funny, funny joke. Uh, so that's that's 10 seconds, 15 seconds of a... Well, I'll give them a good 30 seconds out of a... Almost a two-hour movie. I mean, of the two hours, the... By far the best part was w- w- when they went to find all the tunes in the different universes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the uh, the, that, the exploring of the Warner's verse. That was the most inventive and cool part of the entire movie. The, and uh, several references to the Harry Potter verse or whatever. I, I also realized that uh, LeBron James is a much better voice actor than he is an actual actor because the well, only time that I could stand him being on screen was when he was animated. Yes. That's a great observation. Other than that, he does not have that movie magic. It's it's weird. Um, I remember when he was in Trainwreck, and he essentially played himself, right? And everyone was like, "Hey, look at LeBron! Like he can he can uh, be in a movie for five minutes and not derail it. He's actually not bad, you know. Considering he's a basketball player trying to be in a movie, mm. and it's a comedy, he." People were, like, surprised that LeBron pretty much held his own just doing his thing. Also, before that, do you remember those LeBron commercials? Like, I don't even remember what it was for. Sprite? Nike? He had commercials where he played old LeBron, young LeBron, kid LeBron. Uh, vaguely. vaguely, right? Because those things are, are already, like, 15 years old, which uh, I found out recently how old they were, and it shocked me. It shocked my hair white. It shocked my beard white. White, white <laughs> beard. I couldn't believe it. And, um, and all that stuff, he's always been, like, fine. He's always been charismatic and fine and even funny. When this movie started, within five minutes of this movie starting, I'm like, why is he so bad? What's going on? He's stiff. He doesn't know what to do with his arms. He doesn't know what to do at all. He, his, his, he's, he's, one of these guys are throughout the movie, his, his arms are just like dead to his side. Like he got hit with that the gun sh- gunpowder yeah. milkshake arm killer uh-huh. uh, thing. <laughs> yeah, just he's like, I don't know what's going on. You have to believe in yourself. And also speak really fast. Everything here is better. Like, what's... Someone relax, LeBron. Chill. You're, you're talking too fast. Loosen up a bit. Of course, when he's best is either when he's a cartoon or when he's playing basketball. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Those are the only times where I feel like this is believable. It's weird to criticize a Space Jam movie like that, but come on, LeBron. I mean, Michael Jordan did a better job. And he's, I think that's why. And he's not a good actor, Michael no, Jordan. No, no. no I, I, those words never came out of my mouth. But in both, <laughs> in both movies, both people are playing versions of themselves. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. He's just playing Michael Jordan. He's just playing literally LeBron James. Had that whole opening. Actually, my favorite part may be the uh, the opening credit sequence when it's just like recapping his career in, yeah. in cool graphics. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is like a fun YouTube <laughs> LeBron recap. Ode to LeBron. O- ode, to, ode to LeBron. Yeah, that's all this movie is. It's an ode to LeBron and an ode to corporate Warner Brothers synergy. Yeah. How much of our stuff can we smash together? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just weird that Ready Player One is also... Is that also Warner Brothers? Or is that Universal? I think it's Universal because it's got like T Rexes yeah. and shit. Yeah, it's got a, a Back to the Future references and stuff. Um, these, so are we at a Disney one? I guess we already got a what's that? Wreck It Ralph is a bit of a mashup of a whole bunch of unis, right? The second no. one added all the princesses. 
Is this it? We're just hitting peak. Uh, like we're, 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 we're it, it, it's multiverse, multiverse. Yeah. Now we have multiverses <laughs> exploding within universes. So, so, <laughs> have, so everything can just collide even more. Oh my! I don't know. If society can handle. We're probably gonna c- crumble. We're gonna collapse under the weight of all this. I mean, uh, yeah, within like the next twenty years, definitely. So it's gonna be. We're gonna have our own like for real inf- crisis on infinite Earth going on, but it's yeah. within entertainment crisis on infinite content. Okay. Yeah. That's what's happening there. Okay. That's what's happening. It's breaking our brains <laughs> to try to keep track of all the different Batmans and all the, ooh, bad, bad rumor about Batman. Not about the movie, but about um, possible, the possibility of sequels. Okay. Well, maybe we'll talk about it in the second half. I can't remember if I pulled that story. Wait, Space Jam, a new legacy. I don't know. I mean, also, I was just at home with it on, on the TV, you know, also like watching TikToks and stuff. No. Like, it was, it was not getting my full attention. Uh, Except for again when it did when it did the multiverse jumps, yeah. and they went into R rated movies. I was like, "What the? Fuck? I just I can't title." Yeah, Wiley Coyote, Wiley Coyote, and he, Ro- dude when he made the jump, the, the suicide bomber jump. But but it's a cartoon, so he just you know but turned into like a black stick figure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I couldn't believe it, and because the, they can survive anything. And just that they went so far with it, not even just like grafting a character onto a scene, but like inserting them into like into the universe. So like heart, yeah, so weird. Yeah, it was awesome. So weird. Yeah, and Wiley Coyote definitely should be in the next Mad Max <laughs> in, the, in the prequel. I, like I don't care how I don't care how they do it. I want it now. Now that I've had a taste, I want the whole thing. <laughs> or just give me a Looney Tunes Mad Max. Yeah, give me some sort of straight up. Instead of Space Jam, give me a Mad Max Jam. Just do it, guys. So that's where we're going with it. Yeah. Screw it. Um, also, the aesthetic. I don't know how I feel about it. Part of me is like impressed by how it looks, and part of me is like. Of course, I like the 2D look, but when the characters go 3D animated... It doesn't look right. It, it's weird, right? And then, like, Bugs Bunny, you can see his fur and stuff. No, it's not right. It, it makes it less believable when they get hit with, like, uh, cannonballs and anvils and shit, because now they have, like, furry... They're, no, they're not cartoons anymore. They're getting closer to something that's tangible. It looks yeah. weird. It looks uh-huh. weird. Yeah, agree. The, the, the monster goes, eee, humans, a big orange thing. When yeah. he becomes a big orange, like, an actual hairball thing. Like, I don't know if I... Well, all the pro- I don't know if I like this. Once they go 3D, for some reason, all the proportions look weird. Like, Daffy Duck, da- his head cannot stand yeah. on that neck. Yeah, it's strange. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. But for some reason in 2D, it works. Oh, and then also, so this movie's an hour and 55 minutes. They get to the basketball game an hour in the movie. The, a basketball game's oh. 50, 50 minutes long. Guys. Oh. Guys. So... Space Jam, a new legacy. I mean, what? I don't know. Thumbs up? Can we even? Is, yeah. it, even, is it even a critiquable, rateable thing? I don't think so. Uh, Gabe on Twitter uh, uh, shared a tweet with uh, with me, with the show. I can't remember which account. That uh, it was a picture of LeBron James on, it was on ABC. ABC, which is owned by Disney, right? And um, I think I guess it was just at the finals or something. He's courtside at a game because he's not in the game. He's just uh, a spectator. And then it has a cryon underneath him. It says LeBron James. Then it says star of, and then the Lakers logo's on the side, star of Space Jam New Legacy. And then underneath that, it said something like um, uh, 38% Rotten Tomato score, 3.1 out of 10 on IMDb. 38% Metacritic score. Like, damn! Yeah, sounds about right. ABC Disney was like, fuck you, Warner Brothers. Yeah. That's very funny. Uh-huh. Well, they made a trash movie. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> call them out so hard. Meanwhile, Black Widow out there making money. Killing it. Actually, I think Space Jam may have made more money than it this weekend. New, new movie. No, exactly. <clears throat> and it's for kids. It's for kids. Gunpowder milkshake. Yeah. Not for kids. No, not no, not at all. Although milkshake, actually. Well, eh. Milkshakes this movie look good. Yeah. Pretty easy to make a good looking milkshake movie. Just a mm-hmm. couple of white something or brown something with a some, some, some cream and a cherry shaving cream on top. Yep. <laughs> uh, what you think? It was it was okay. Yeah, it was yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. a Netflix movie, man. Yeah. It is right. It, it is. Guns. It is in that fucking little box of Netflix produced movies where like. There's only so good they can be. It's weird. And this one isn't even that good. It's weird, unless it's uh, you know some sort of legacy director. Unless we're talking about a, a, a Alfonso Cuarón or a Martin Scorsese or, uh, a David, or David Fincher. Fincher. Thank you very much. Then it's like I don't know where Netflix well. getting these people. And I actually, yes, halfway through the movie, I wondered where did Netflix come in on this production? Is it a Netflix movie from Jump? Did they say? Did they? Give the filmmakers to go ahead, or is it a movie that got produced and then they picked it up at some point? And oh. sure enough, they picked it up. It was produced by uh, some indie companies. The director is this Israeli guy who's made a couple movies. One of them is this movie called The uh, Big Bad Wolves, I think. It's from 2013. And Quentin Tarantino actually said it's, I think he called it the best movie of 2013 when it came out. He really likes it. Um, so it's that dude. They already had the whole thing together. STX picked it up. STX, very, very uh, spotty, almost shoddy track record since, when did they start, like 2014? When was that movie, The Gift? I forget. Uh, Joel Edgerton, right? Um, Mm -hmm. That was their very first movie. That was their very first one. I was like, okay, maybe STX has something. And then it's been downhill since then. Um, They picked it up and they were going to release it uh, 2020, then pandemic. So it sat for a minute and then Netflix picked up uh, North American distribution rights, so then they could put it out on Netflix. So they mm-hmm. came in pandemic wise and picked up. Otherwise, this thing would have ended up in in theaters, probably. Uh, which would have been man, I actually drove somewhere to see this. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> Although some of it looks really nice, you know, I, mean, I like the design of it. the The production design is fine. The the, yeah. the world that they live in, it's it's neon soaked. It's fun, and it's also like light John Wick in that it's like, well, here's. The underground the world. That, yeah, it's the fur, and, and they got to go to the hospital, but it's an underground hospital. Here's you got to put your gun in the tooth and all this yeah. stuff. You know, they have their own way of doing things that everyone in the movie knows about, except for us. Uh, that stuff's all fun and fine, but it's also very surface level. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just yeah. like they just could have done more with it. I guess it's like when the whole conceit of the movie is that this hitman girl, this hit woman, this assassinatrix. <laughs> uh, she, who's Karen, how do you say her? Karen Gillen? Gillen? I Gillen? I have no idea. Don't know. She's Australian. I don't know how to yeah. say things in Australia. It makes no sense. Everything's upside down down there. Uh, the, it's cold down there right now. It's winter. That, the, 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 confusing. <laughs> confusing. Um, like, oh, man, it's chilly down here, bro. The, um, her mom left her when she was a kid, and her mom was a hitman. Her mom is Cersei Lannister, uh, a.k.a. TV's. Sarah Connor mm-hmm. for one season. <laughs> <laughs> that never saw an episode of that. I think you AK, did. Did AK, you watch an episode or two? I think an episode, and I was like, no, thank and you're like, no, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> oh. I have no reason to doubt. D- this is not good. Um, 
So, uh, since she's all abandoned, has mommy issues, she grows up autistic, I guess, and, and yeah. a hitman, an autistic hitman. Yeah, autistic is right, where she has permanent dead face. <laughs> yeah, she's permanent, permanent uh, like, uh, uh, she just came she back d- from she the dentist. Yeah, she doesn't emote at all. Not, um, not for a second. Which is a choice, it's for sure a choice, because uh-huh. she's an actress, she can act. She's been in other things and has been good in other things. Yes. She's good as Nebula, with all that fucking makeup on her she's face She's great as Nebula. Shit. Yeah, she's actually, it's a character I do not give a shit about, and then yeah. it with something, so... It's a weird choice that she made, but it's fine. I'm coming to this movie for the style and for the action. And also for the actresses, because when you have this trio of uh, Michelle Yao, uh, Carla Gugino, and Angela Bassett, they're they're like your your backup people, whoever you want to call them. Uh, The sisterhood, whatever they call themselves, librarians. Their aunts. Oh my god. (laughs) So stupid. Stupid. Uh, I'm like, yes, I like these people. This is cool to see them. And then yeah. they got they, their shit paid their off, too. Scenes, yeah, yeah, their shit paid off. Uh, I think that last action scene uh, was the best one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. it was it was pretty fun. So, well, that, But then see it, all the CG, CG of it kind of... Oh, the, yeah, the CG blood. It, take, yeah. it takes the punch out of it, mm-hmm. right? You know? Like, we just watched... It's on patreon.com slash crestbody. So, we just watched The Killer. And all those squibs. So many. See Everywhere. people like squibs go, dudes forehead squibs and shit. Like you're like, whoa, that looks fucked up. You know, all these years later, and now this movie it just came out, it's and, it already, like, yeah. and it already looks kind of wonky. It's yeah. gonna look even shittier in ten, fifteen, twenty years when CG blood squibs do inevitably get better. Mm-hmm. Um, man, but what is it? There's still, I'm sure there have been movies or things that we've seen where they're good. I think the ones in Joker were digital, and some of those are good. I think so. I think so. You're better, anyway. you're better at the digital shit than I am anyway. Uh, I, yeah, I thought the movie was fine. It's like, eh, it's okay. It's fine. I'm at home. It's on. It's a Netflix action movie. It's a Netflix action and movie. It's, it's not as good as Extraction. And it's it, and it's act, it's actively not terrible, and it's definitely not. Yeah. No, no. Extraction was surprisingly good. Surprisingly good, no. for sure. I mean, except for that first scene where he dives in water <laughs> meditates underwater but it's so you can so lame. that's only so you can excuse that how he's gonna live at the end and now we have extraction two coming yay <laughs> maybe he'll still have his giant thor arms for that one oh Garrett. well i mean he's just doing his i mean love and thunder is what like just wrapped it, it did wrap yeah it wrapped a couple weeks ago so, so he could be de- for all we know he could already be deflating like rapidly. <laughs> his balloon has been popped <laughs> You know, he's not going to get fat or anything. He's just getting skinnier and skinnier. It's like, oh, oh, it's Sarah I in my I, arms. I didn't eat 12,000 calories today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Marvel wasn't here to feed me eight chickens. <laughs> you know, now I have to buy, if I want to do it, I have to buy them on my own. Uh, sure, I'm a millionaire, but I'm not going to keep being a millionaire. Around eat, keep Six chickens a day. How does The Rock do it? You know how The Rock does it? He keeps getting all, this, all these jobs that require him to be a giant. Well, A, he gets the jobs that require him to be a giant, and B, he has multiple business ventures that produce enough money for him to eat as much chicken as he wants. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. (laughs) That's true. He's just bringing enough money to do what he needs. Man. They put out a promo image um, for Black Adam that's, like, mostly a set, and then it's his back and shoulders and the back of his big bald head, and you can see his costume. Um but like in the picture, it looks like that costume is like paper thin, yeah. you know. And he's just woof. Yeah, it's, he, he's a fucking superhero. Yeah, he's the one guy who can do it. He's like Arnold for Conan. It's like oh. we don't, we don't. If we can't get Arnold, we're gonna have to build him. No, we just get the guy. Um, so good and powder milkshakes, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Again, it's like, what do you want to watch this weekend? Do you want to watch a movie for kids? 
Space Jam. If you want to watch a movie for adults, Gunpowder Milkshake. Milkshake. I, you probably are just going to get the same amount of no. whatever. <laughs> you probably, yeah, I mean, they're both equally bad. They're both equally whatever. Space Jam's going to give you more guffaws once or twice, and Gunpowder Milkshake will definitely give you more... Uh, yeah, Gunpowder Milkshake doesn't have... I'll just give you the violence that you want. Doesn't have 15 seconds of... Uh, of a better movie in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Multiple better movies. That's the thing. It's like you're just making me think of better movies yeah. and cheating. Uh-huh. Um, now I just want to watch Mad Max Fury Road. It's like, didn't Gunpowder Milkshake use Led Zeppelin for one of the action scenes? Maybe. I think they did. And towards the end, I was like, this is cheating. You can't just use Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I mean, you can. That's what they're there for. So that's their version. You just got to pay one, for the rights. One movie used Mad Max, one used Led Zeppelin. Um, okay. I also went to the theater and saw this movie, Pig, Nicolas Cage. Loses his his truffle pig. He's a guy who lives out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, someone comes once a week to buy his truffles that his pig finds. Um, the person that comes is Alex Wolf, the guy from Hereditary, okay. and he's about no. to be in this old movie, right? No. And uh, he's playing an interesting character in this one, where he's like uh, a businessman, a young businessman, in his father's shadow, and he's just trying to make it on his own. He's wearing like a Gucci belt and a blazer, driving around in a cool car, listening to like self, not self help tapes, but like a weird version of self help tapes. He's got like a little uh, mustache. Uh, sort of like what you got going, like a mustache, goatee thing going. And like, look at this guy doing a little something a little different than what we've seen him do so far. Mm-hmm. He's a, and he's good in it. I uh, he, it, this movie is actually very emotional and uh, honestly kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Like you would think, it sounds like John Wick with a pig. That's what everyone was thinking it was mm-hmm. going to be. Nicholas Cage is a guy who's a big loving pig that he loves gets stolen and he's got to go find it. Take me to Portland, is what he says. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, uh, it's not. It's not. It's not that. <laughs> it's not the revenge movie that you want him going. Like, I'm gonna tear my weight. It's he's sad. Everyone he talks to is sad or weird. It is. This is. There is a cool thing where it's like um, the weird, real underground world or underbelly of truffle sales. Mm-hmm. Like when yeah. he go meets like one truffle hunter or truffle sutter, she's all pissed off. Like I told you, I don't like buyers on a lot. And then he's like mentions the pig being stolen and she knows exactly who it is and there's these tweakers and it's like all oh, the fucking these drug users uh, you know try to get truffles for money or whatever for, for drugs and then uh, going into the city there's like this underground restaurant quote fight club that's going on but it's not a fight club it's like people sign up to get hit and other people can pay money to hit the person so it's like if you really don't like the person who's volunteering to get hit you can pay a lot of money it's weird it's a weird movie <laughs> Oh man, it's a weird movie. I don't, I don't know, Drew. <laughs> I mean, it's it's fine. It's really well made. It reminds me of a Kelly Reichard movie. It's like First Cow or um, Meek's Cutoff. It's very thoughtful and artful and uh, meditative and scenes that seem like what was that about? But you know, thematically, it ties into what's going on or yeah. it ties in later. Um, and then it has an ending where you explain, okay, here it comes. Here comes a big violent crazy ending and it's not that (laughs) then it ends on this little minor note of of character development and you're like oh wow and then it ends and I can definitely see this it's a neon movie I can definitely see it hitting Hulu in a couple of months and making a lot of people mad yeah (laughs) a lot of people like fuck this movie don't look online Rotten Tomatoes says what how 80% (laughs) fuck critics don't know nothing it's it's gonna be that type of movie it's like Saint Maud you're like I don't understand it of course he. Of course he. Ah, oh, that's a shame. Of course he. <laughs> Saint, Saint Maud's really good if yeah. you do understand. Yeah, Saint Maud's amazing. <laughs> of course you don't understand these movies. 
Um, it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Okay. It's interesting for sure. It's for sure. And it's for sure not what people are going to want. Um, all right, here we go. Spoiler alert. We're talking Loki now for like the next, I don't know, maybe five, ten minutes. So. Ah, yes. The, so season, at least, the season finale. Yeah, the season finale. At least the next five minutes we'll be talking, <clears throat> uh, let's talk a little bit of Loki. Drew Sakaki, what did you think? It was awesome. Man, it Fucking was, amazing. It was crazy. It was crazy. I mean, I, I, think, I think it's really weird that they're using a show on Disney Plus to pretty much launch an entire phase of movies. It's crazy. And how are they going to address that? In the, <laughs> the already in production, already it must be done shooting. Um, Spider Man Far From Home, No Way Home, because that's a multiverse movie. Yeah. All right. Well, because we now the multiverse is now live, well, so, Chris. Because multiverse is happening. It's no, it is live. It is currently going on it's, right it's now. It's happening right now. It's developing right now. All the branches are branching, and the branches, the branches are branching. Um, so Spider Man's gonna have multiverse stuff. Doctor Strange. It's in the title, Multiverse of Madness, madness right? Yeah. Uh, so it sounds like there's even coming to some sort of a head. There's going to be some sort of quantum mania involved. And then, involved. After, and then <laughs> after that is quantum mania, which is where uh, Jonathan Major's casting announcement was tied to that movie, which is until 2023. Psst, he was in the Loki finale. But he, he's the one. He's, <laughs> he is he who remains. Who um, technically not. Well, no, because Kang's Kang. one of the he's he's a variant of Kang, or Kang's a variant of him. Whoever, however, the original is whoever the prime version of, yeah. uh, of this character. But he's just the one who had happened to uh, defeat all the other ones, and he was keeping the timeline in place. Um, everything he said in his speech about like this is how it happened, this is why I'm doing it. I believe every single word that character says. Yes, I have no reason to think that character's lying. Nope. And then, uh, but then Sylvie was like. These people can't trust anyone. I like the whole idea that these characters they can't trust or be trusted or each other. They can't trust each other. trust each other. Yeah, <laughs> that was like a heartbreaking moment in that yeah. scene. He, she, he, he was like, "You don't trust me. You don't trust people, and I can't be trusted." Yeah. So we're at an impasse, and it's like, "Okay, I'm sending you back to the sending you back." And then that Planet of the Apes ending where he looks yeah. up, is like, "What? It's one <laughs> king? I'm in. I'm in the wrong universe." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is oh man. <laughs> Or was his universe just changed now that it didn't even exist anymore? Weird. Fun. Yeah. But again, crisis of infinite content. We're, we're going down. I can't. Can we take it? I don't know if we can take this anymore. All the, yeah. all the things we're going to start keeping track of. Season two is coming. What's, I know. what's that even going to be about? <laughs> um, the showrunner? When is it going to be about? Right. <laughs> right. What? Oh, man. So confusing <laughs> now. Um, the showrunner, the Kate Heron, she... Did the season one show and directed all the episodes. Um, when she signed on and developed a season, she had no intention of doing a second season. And then when Disney was like, D I don't know even Disney asked her to, but she's not coming back for season two. Um, I think she may have been as surprised as everyone else when Disney announced season two of Loki. Because yeah. she's like, I'm not doing it. I'm doing non-Marvel stuff next. Uh, so who knows if season what season two is going to be? What not even be continuation of the same sort of quality or thinking or logic, but uh, this this show was fucking. It was wacky as fuck. It was good, man. <laughs> that was a damn good show and with it, a it, fun ending. I was about to say, well, it looks like they just, had, they just had a lot of fun with this. Yeah, yeah, they had a fun with the ideas and what they could do with it. Yeah, um, I mean, when you when you've got a character that's an actual alligator Loki that doesn't yeah. talk, it just acts and steals <laughs> practically steals a show. Yeah. Uh, gets all the memes. I I think. 
uh, uh, Richard E. Grant as classic Loki yeah. was like the MVP of that episode. I mean, definitely, 100%, but still. But Gator, Gator, Gator Loki gets the memes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw online something like uh, uh, Hiddleston AMA or something, or you know, a fan Q&A, mm-hmm. and uh, someone asked, which of the Lokis is the greatest, and why is an alligator Loki? And, and Hiddleston <laughs> responded, obviously, after spending 11 years working this character and the, the ins and outs and growing with it, I have to acknowledge that there is a superior Loki and it is alligator Loki. <laughs> of course. Even Hiddleston said, yeah, it's, it's, it's a gator. God, watch out, it'll eat your fucking hand, we've bro. Na- we've been named upstage. Oh, my God, so funny that I ate President Loki's hand. <laughs> so weird. Such a weird, fun show. And uh, It gives me... Gives me, makes me happy that they get weird like that because now I know that the What If show has a real chance of yes, being absolutely fantastic. And yeah, yeah, What If should be. And then again, that's sort of, but that's not intended to be multiverse. That's just, or is a Watu now be like, now I have to watch the multiverse. Is that what a Watu <laughs> thing is? Like before, I was just showing the one timeline, but now I got all the timelines that I got. Maybe watch. there are multiple Watus now. There were multiple Watus in that Stan Lee cameo yeah. for Guardians 2, mm-hmm. Volume 2. Yeah, there were like three of them. Yeah, there were three of them. That was interesting. Um, in the show, it is Jeffrey Wright as a Watu, which is perfect. Great, great voiceover casting for that. Um, yeah, man, what if it's going to be fun? Loki is fun. Jonathan Majors, when uh, when he was rambling and pontificating and he held up like that stack of pages, like, this is it, this is how it ends. And then when he did that, I was like, that's a small stack. And then he was talking for another 10 minutes. Then, yeah, and then, he, and then he paused, and then the camera pushed in slowly, he's looking around, and then there's thunder, and he's like, oh. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's like, like shocked by the thunder. I don't know what happens anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's like, we've done it. We've crossed over to Threshold. And, and Sylvie and Loki just look at you like, what the fuck is uh, he talking? This guy is He's crazy. like, I've been waiting for this for a long yeah. time, guys. Yeah, the final, the final ending. So, and then the conundrum he presented with them and everything, and then it's like, look, you see the branches happening, and they no. were happening and shit. That was such a fun... Fun ending. And weird how it's a 40-minute episode. First off, 40 minutes? Fuck you guys. No. <laughs> you can't give me a show that's good. <laughs> and then give me such short episodes. Uh, only six episodes and not even an hour? Fuck you. Yeah. And then... Um, uh, oh, wow. I forgot what I was going to say. What happened? That's a good show. It's fucking... Oh, Owen Wilson. Amazing. Google and Bathroom Brawl. She, she, her character, Ravona Renslayer, running off to do her thing. Season two is going to be a lot about her, I'm assuming. Unless she pops up in another movie. I'm so confused. They could. A, a, anybody from any Marvel anything could pop up in any other Marvel anything forever. God damn it. <laughs> Just remember that, Chris. That's, that's, it's, 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 it's literally become insane now. It's, it's really ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then which one? Someone's tied to. Uh, there's another way to show... Oh, because Nathaniel Richards is a version of Kang, who's like a descendant of Reed Richards, so it's a possible Fantastic Four connection. Well, it makes sense. I mean, Kang's big in Fantastic Four lore. And so. John Watts, who's doing multiverse stuff with Spider-Man, has been hired by Marvel to do Fantastic Four, so he's sticking around with Marvel after doing the three Spider-Man movies. Oh, man, who knows? Possibilities are are getting ridiculous. And then, of course, eventually, eventually, we're pulling in mutants from one of these multiverses. How's this happening? How's this happening? (laughs) I mean, they got the rights back. They can call them mutants again. Call them them mutants. We can even uh, bring in a uh, de-aged huge yakman if we need to. I mean, I'd rather get a new guy, but, you know, know, fans are stupid like that. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fans are stupid. In the back of my mind, I'm trying to remember the thing that I 
that I lost. I'm trying to grasp onto it, but it's but it's gone, it's gone forever. John the Major is fantastic. He remains. Uh, fucking Sylvie killed him, and he was like, "I'll be seeing you," <laughs> and, and like yep. winked at her or something. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh shit, we're gonna get so much more awesome, awesome John the Major." Yeah, it's gonna be everywhere. Man, he's so good. As a possible sort of version of just reading it online, I don't know any of this stuff. Uh, Immortus is a version of Kang that's like sort of the same thing, conquered uh, time and, and, and death and made it to the end, a sort of he who remains type character mm-hmm. who dresses in purple, uh, very similar to, to how his character was. Although he's technically never really named. You know. in the, in well, the you're going to see green and purple are Kang's colors. Yeah. So you're, you're, whatever Jonathan Majors is wearing, I guarantee you it's going to be a mixture of those two. Nice. I'm into it. Exciting. Um, anyway, Loki, man. Damn good. Damn good. Sad it's over. I guess, uh, yeah, whatever's going to be next. Um, After Pig, I watched a movie called Alligator. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> Keep with the animal name team. I was like, let's see if I can pull it off for more than one movie. And I did it for two. Two movies. Alligator's from 1980. It's on YouTube. It's an hour and a half. Not even. It's like an hour and 20-something minutes. Robert Forster is the lead. This is the movie that Quentin Tarantino saw one night in a hotel room while he was watching, he was writing Jackie Brown and he was trying to figure out who to cast for uh, Max Cherry, the bail bondsman. And then he turned on a TV. This movie was playing and he's like, Robert Forrester. Hell yeah. I'll get this guy to do it. There we go. And uh, it's a fun, cheesy horror comedy. That's a blatant jaws ripoff. Okay. There were a few of these yeah. in the late seventies, early eighties. Um, in this one, the movie starts in a gator land type place in Florida where um, a guy gets chomped by a gator in front of a crowd during a show. And um, that, that has no bearing on the plot. That's just the way the movie starts. <laughs> and, and then uh, and then they sell baby gators to, to the people there. Mm-hmm. So, so someone buys a baby gator. They take it home, put it in the terrarium. And then when the girl goes to school, dad's like, get this thing out of here. And he flushes it down the toilet. And it somehow makes it from Florida to Los Angeles, where along the way in the sewers, it was eating. It, I guess when it gets to L.A., it starts eating disposed animals that have been experimented on by like these crazy oh, vets. Oh, people. Yeah, yeah, and they're trying to like make animals bigger or something, so it's eating these uh, dead mice with these hormones in it, so it becomes this 35-foot gator living in the sewers of L.A. where it starts chomping on maintenance workers and shit. Cool. And then Robert Forrester is the cop who finds out about it, so he's the Brody character, mm-hmm. right? He's the cop, finds out about it. Uh, a girl who's the uh, the expert, um, what, what's the, when you're... Uh, Herpologist, but for herp- herpologist, um, she's a herpologist. Um, she ends up being the girl who the dad threw threw away the gator. It's her gator. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Gotcha. Uh, so stupid. And um, uh, yeah, because it's like they, they flush the gator in '68, and then it's 12 years later. Mm-hmm. So the uh, and then who's the oh then Henry Silva the. the evil face looking guy who uh google grab your phone drew and google image search henry silva you'll recognize him right away he is in one of the seagal movies we watched last year he's in ghost dog way to samurai as one of the old oh you bad guy face bad guy face what <sighs> incredible bad guy face he has he's in a uh in a burt reynolds movie um sharky's machine uh he's in this as the um as sort of the quint he's like the hunter type who rolls around, but he uh, he's a complete asshole, and at one point tr- just recruits some like random black kids to help him out and pays him ten dollars a day to follow him and help him try to track the gator. <coughs> uh, he gets chomped up pretty good. 
The best part is when the gator finally busts out of the sewer and attacks a wedding. Ooh. Yes. It fully <clears throat> eats like three or four people, knocks around four or five more with his big ass tail. When he hits them, they go flying. A guy was like trying to hide in a car and the gator just like smashed a car with its head and its tail until the car got pancaked and like a bunch of blood started pouring out of it because the guy inside got crushed. Um, big animatronic gator that just like the movie Jaws did not work mm. and forced the director to find different ways to shoot with it, which which resulted in a lot of uh, like silly looking shots, but some genuinely like, whoa, like there's a big ass gator back there <laughs> and all these people are running around. Uh, <clears throat> it was, it's fine. It's a fine movie. It's fun. Alligator. They made a couple more, but I don't know if I'll ever watch it. Again, it's on YouTube if anyone's interested. It looks like shit. All right. <laughs> like a bad, bad upload, you know? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, also on YouTube, I watched a made-for-TV. Doc- I don't even know how I came across this, but it happened. I watched it. It's done. So now I'm going to talk about it. It's something called Cinema of Unease. Okay. Co- colon, a personal journey by Sam Neill. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't even know how I saw this. Uh, it's from... But it's on YouTube, and it's a hour-long made-for-TV documentary jointly made between the BFI, British Film Institute, and New Zealand TV, and it's Sam Neill talking about the the birth and history of the New Zealand film movement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's, it's good. awesome. And it's good. Yeah, I'm sure it's Sam Neill. It's Sam Neill, so he's being weird and fun and interesting, and it's ni- it was made in 19... Did I write it down? It was made in 1994-95, so it's right after Jurassic Park. Yeah. And uh, it, it's like really fun and interesting, and um, and then knowing where you know Taika Waititi and then uh, you know Flight of the Concords and all that stuff, Jermaine Clement, all the continuing New Zealand culture that would, that would be made after this came out is interesting, yeah. uh, but it's really really good. I actually enjoyed it a lot, and it's, it's under an hour. It was easy to watch. Cinema of Unease. I don't understand the title. Okay. Um, that's it. That's my media diet. What you got for me, Drew? Uh, I watched episodes five through nine of season three of Mr. Inbetween. Oh, yes. It, yes, it yes. happened to be the series finale, so it's over now. So if you want to watch... It's, over, it's already over. Three seasons. Okay. That's it. Okay. No. That makes it easier to want to like commit to it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And my mom is always looking for a new show to watch. I can tell her about it. Mr. Yeah. Inbetween. So thumbs up. Yeah, good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It ended well? Yeah. Did it end like we intended <clears throat> it to end it with three seasons? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, like, it'll end with a character in the middle of the street with his arms in the air, like, what's going on? And yeah, then, no. And then look, there's no more episodes ever again. Logical ending, a lot of fun, too. Because, mm-hmm. like, you can, like, w- once it ends, yeah. like, you, you can just imagine what exactly is going to happen. Oh, next. sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I like that. I like when the thing, and it's like, oh, I know where that's happening. Okay, yeah. fine. And then it's fine. I don't need to see it. No. My mind can do the rest. Let's mm-hmm. move on to something else. Uh, all right, Mr. Inbetween, getting the thumbs up. Yep, I enjoyed it. I'm going to add to my list. On uh, on Netflix, watched Resident Evil, colon, Infinite Darkness. What is this? <laughs> uh, this is an animated Resident Evil show. It's a show. It's a show, yeah. Four 30-minute episodes. Okay. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it. You did? Did not. Did not enjoy it. Did, didn't enjoy it. Would you no. watch it all? I watched the whole thing. Okay. It was only two hours. Um, it was like watching a, a, a bad CG movie. Like, the CG was bad or the movie was bad? I just didn't. I, like, like, almost nothing happened in this. So the, movie, so the movie was bad. Yeah. The, the CG wasn't like, oh, yeah. the CG is terrible. No, the CG was fine. Oh, okay. I mean, there was. Because you said th- bad CG movie. I was just trying to figure out what the, what the bad was applied oh, okay. to. Okay, the bad, the bad movie. Okay, a bad movie <laughs> made with CG. Yes. Understood. Understood. Yeah. Um, so just boring. Yeah. 
It, it never why, got me. Why boring? I mean, why can't it's those zombies, right? It's I mean, monsters and yeah, right? yeah uh-huh. and secret corporation, evil corporation. Yeah, and, why can't and, it be and the White House. Why can't that be fun? I don't know. It just it just wasn't. Uh, it didn't grab me for whatever reason. Like anime style. I'd imagine. Uh, I mean, or it, no. no, video game style. Like a uh, lot of these g- games are of the same graphic quality as just doing a normal video game. Yeah, uh, interesting. So, so it's just all the cutscenes put together. Yeah, kind of. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. wasn't very good. I didn't. I so didn't like that. that much. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. So not a thumbs up. No, we don't do thumbs down. We do thumbs up and not a thumbs up. Actually, no. It's pretty much a thumbs down. Oh shit! He broke the rules. Uh, also on Netflix. Uh, how to become a tyrant? Okay, it's uh, it's, how to on uh, yeah. Well, it, 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 it's basically like uh, tongue in cheek black comedy, like narrated, like how to become a like the, there's the tyrant's playbook, yeah, and they go about uh, all all these historical tyrants mm-hmm. and how they used the playbook to be dictators okay. of. Their worlds, uh, so sort of a tongue-in-cheek docu series. Yeah, uh-huh. Narr- narrated by Peter Dinklage. The guy's got a great voice. Great voice. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of voices and all that, the uh, uh, series movie doc. It's a it's a series. Six thirty-minute episodes. Six thirty minutes. Okay. Yeah. And that that gets more of a thumbs up. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, because it, it's kind of it, it, it's done very tongue in cheek and kind of funny, even though it's talking about absolutely horrific things. And you have now. Uh, uh, I have no thirst for power. No, I was gonna say like new new tips for life or anything, even no. any, anything you want to pull for your personal. Not even not even in the search of power, but just for like. Well, maybe. No, I mean, I'm I'm surprised how much Donald Trump pulled from Stalin's playbook. Oh yeah. Well, was it him or just people around him? Or? Well, no. I mean, just the, it's the, the tyrant's playbook it's where, you, where, where you try to destroy the truth. Yeah, and he actively did that. Yeah, what's that all about? <laughs> there are reasons for it, Chris. If you watch the series, you can learn them. But that would imply mm-hmm. that he's like smart enough to know that he's somebody was smart enough, that, right? Somebody was. The people around him didn't necessarily they didn't think he was smart. Now all the inf- infos coming out that people around him all thought he was uh, losing his mind and going senile, mm-hmm. and that there is no no filter from top to bottom, from head, from brain to mouth. Uh, so what, were people just using his propensity for disinformation for their own gain, ty- tyrant- tyrannical gain? Perhaps that sounds interesting. Again, it's a crisis of infinite content. Right, that's so and and then I watched Geostorm on HBO. Max. Yes, <laughs> Geostorm. Uh, and yeah, better than Greenland. I mean, I didn't. I haven't watched Greenland. Oh, okay, fair. <laughs> so oh yeah, that's right. That was me. You. That was me who yeah. watched it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. What? So, what you think of Geostorm? Yeah, I mean, it, it's fucking Geostorm. It, it's it, fucking Gerard Butler. It's it, 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 Gerard Butler. The world is ending. Silly movie. We made we made satellites. <laughs> we have satellites that are going to change this weather. I mean, it it was. I think the most unbelievable part of the movie was that Gerard Butler could lead a team of, a team of scientists yeah. to create that thing. Yes. <laughs> That's the most unbelievable part of the whole movie. I have to, I have to do the code. I don't know how to do the code. Do you, do you hear that? That's a bad step-down transformer. <laughs> what? What? Excuse me? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's... um, And it's got... What's this guy? I never liked this guy. He's one of these blandos who Hollywood keeps trying to make a thing. Uh, but they stopped a while ago. Uh... Jim Sturgis, I think his name is. He's the young guy with the the very non professional head of hair. Yeah, that doesn't ring a bell. Doesn't ring a bell. No. I think he's I think he's his brother. 
I think he's the cat. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, yes. Yeah. yeah, with the weird haircut. Weird haircut, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he's, uh, he's been other stuff, like that one movie about the MIT students that are also like learning how to gamble or something. Yeah, they also shoved him in that uh, that weird Beatles movie. Yes, Across <laughs> the Universe. See, this guy, they've been trying so hard. And it's not, that, it's not that he's necessarily bad. He's just not good. He's just like, get him out of here. <laughs> what is this, community theater now? I thought this was Hollywood. I thought this was Hollywood. So Geostorm, thumbs up or not thumbs up? Yeah, more like a thumbs to the middle. That's a I, that's one of those right in the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's what that is. That's when you give it a thumbs in the middle. Makes you go, whoop! Um, is that the full media diet? Yeah, that was everything I watched. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. Well, before we take a break, we, uh, it's time for a return. Oh, actually, segment. no, I oh, forgot. What, do you got? what else you oh, got? Oh, there was uh, this Netflix doc, uh, Black Holes, colon, The Edge of All We Know. Where it, the, it's based on because you know black holes are so, you know light can't even escape. They're so massive. Mm-hmm. The gravitational force is so much. So right. all we can really see is the edge. Right. And it's about so it's about a group of scientists and it's the most up to date knowledge on black holes that we have as humans. Put in a fun and interesting way instead of you know like a eleven page mathematical formula that you can't decide that I think can, that one understand yeah. um, so up to what we as of what we know now so it's like uh, came out 2020 2021 I think it came out I think, actually no I think it came out this year yeah brand new uh-huh. so it really is like up to date what we, what we yeah. know about holes and it's fascinating because that stuff is changing pretty constantly yeah, yeah it's yeah. fascinating cool I think it was it was uh, one of the last projects that Stephen Hawking was working on before he died oh wow did they mention Interstellar at all no shame <laughs> so that's that. That sounds like it gets a thumbs up. That sounds mm-hmm. that sounds fun. That was really interesting. That sounds good. That sounds good. All right, cool, 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 cool. All right, before we take a break, here we go. Return segment. Chris reads Entertainment Weekly, so you don't have to. Drew, we got um this one. This guy, Simu Liu. Oh yeah, yeah for yeah. Shang Chi. Yeah, he gets the uh, he gets the cover, and then on the side, it's like we got a whole thing about Suicide Squad, and that's pretty much what we can talk about. Ah, uh, the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. But first. They do a you know a top ten things to look out for up top, and their item number five. You see these kids, these indigenous looking kids okay. in a reservoir looking dog. Reservation dogs. Reservation dogs. This is from Taika Waititi, Joseph Cogburn. Oh, nice. Um, I'm sick of famous people, declares Taika Waititi. I like it. Explaining why he was excited to cast unknowns as the lead of his comedy series Reservation Dogs, premiering August 9th on FX on Hulu. Um, set in co-creator Sterling Harjo's home state of Oklahoma, it's a comedy that follows four teenagers as they pivot from committing crime to fighting it. I'll watch it. Yeah, it sounds like fun. Although it's going to be weird with... It's going to be a Taika Waititi show, but people aren't going to be talking like this, mate. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's part of his... Yeah, they won't be talking... His shtick. But maybe they will have their own sort of uh, um, Indian slang. Not Indian. Should have said that. I'm sorry, guys. Don't don't cancel me. Oh my god, am I canceled? What's that sound? That's a plug me bolt. That's the sound of you being canceled. That's the sound of you being canceled. By, the na- by all the native tribes of America. Uh, again, the, the evidence of the, the lack of uh, representation for, for native people in America ain't no one getting canceled for nothing against saying nothing against the... Yeah, I mean, the I don't know. The, the, the Redskins had to change their, uh, Man, their shit that took after so what? long. Way too long. <laughs> so much like huge corporate money pressure. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Um, yes, yeah, it sounds good. 
Reservation Dogs coming to uh, 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 to the thing soon. What did I say? FX. FX. On Hulu. They do a must list that I pull every now and then where people are like, this is what you're, what I am into. This is what we should check out. And this week it's Titus Welliver. Bosh. You just got boshed. Um, and some of his choices are pretty interesting. He really liked Mayor of Easttown. Okay. He says, I've always had tremendous respect for Kate Winslet as an actor. Her work in Mayor of Easttown, pound for pound, may be some of the best work I've ever seen an actor do. Damn. Big words from little old Titus Welliver. Um, blah 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 blah. Yeah, she says. He says it's inspiring and staggering. He also uh, says has good words here for Nomadland. Um, Francis McDormand's performance blew my mind. I thought that film was really powerful. A film of incredible stillness and economy. This is interesting. In our household, we probably watch a movie every single night. Damn. Yeah. Some movies. And uh, this is also just kind of an interesting thing he throws out here. Because, again, you only give him, like, five or six things. Mm. For music, the Tangerine Dream soundtrack for the movie Sorcerer, William Freakin's remake of Wages of Fear. (laughs) He says, the Sorcerer soundtrack. I'm not doing hallucinogenics or anything like that. It's so great to revisit that music. They're giant pioneers, and they sound so great on vinyl. Titus Welliver, fan of Tangerine Dream. (laughs) Weird. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking weird. Alright, Simu Liu. He's got a whole thing here uh, about Shang-Chi. A couple of really interesting things. I'm going to do my best to just not read the entire article to you. Um, apparently he's on that a show called Kim's Convenience, which is a CBS at home. Oh, okay. Um, which I feel like I've heard of, or I've seen it in print. I've seen a uh, commercial for it. You've seen a commercial for it? He plays the guy on there. And he has a... The day he found out that he... Uh, he was going to be Shang-Chi. That day, on the set of Kim's Convenience, he had a, he got into an argument because in the script, they wanted to do a joke uh, that was based on his character's name. It was an Egg Fu Young joke, and he didn't want to do it. So he was fighting with them. He's like, I don't want to do this racist shit in your fucking TV show. Uh, so he was, like, super mad about that. And then he got the phone call from Walt Disney being like, yo, it's me. Um, I'm calling you because I've risen from the dead, and I want to <laughs> give you a job. Yeah. Well, it was actually Kevin Feige, along with the director, Dustin Daniel Cretton, and the casting director, uh, Sarah Finn. Uh, they called him. Four days later, he was in Hall H at the 2019 San Diego Comic Con, announcing the movie and his role in it. Uh, and then he was already doing a group photo with like all the stars of Marvel. Like, four days ago, he had just found out. Could you imagine that? Like, Monday, hey, you in our movie... Thursday, go stand next to uh, between Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. and Scarlett Johansson. Because you have the potential to be that big. Because that's it. That's where we think you want, we want you to go. He says, I found myself on stage with some of the most famous people in the world wearing my $20 Zara sweater and skinny jeans. It's so funny. Um, blah, 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 blah. Oh, a quick little uh, primer on actually Shang-Chi. Um, Shang-Chi is Marvel Comics' master of kung fu created by a white guy as a character made his debut the same year that Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon hit theaters. So they're just trying to capitalize on the explosion of kung fu interest. Um, Oh, and then also ABC's um, Kung Fu, the David Carradine show, which they stole from Bruce Lee. Mm -hmm. And... uh, Originally conceived as the son of... uh, Yeah, I don't know. And it matters. Oh, the director, Cretton, he's Hawaiian-born, Japanese-American. Okay. And he's a guy who did Short Term 12. 
and uh, Just Mercy, that uh, Michael B. Jordan, um, Jamie Foxx movie that came mm-hmm. out a year and a half ago. And it's written by this guy, David Callahan, who's a Chinese-American uh, fellow, and his credit here is Wonder Woman 84. Hopefully he has a better, yeah. better credit. Um, so obviously, with a crew like that, they point out here that they're trying to uh, avoid all that yellow peril adjacent shit that that comes with the uh, a lot of that 60s and 70s stuff you yeah. um, know am I gonna bother reading this new no. how about uh, over here now nah, I don't give a shit anymore and then um, the stuff we talked about this last week so it's kind of redundant but it, it is interesting it goes into it in more detail here about how he grew up both idolizing Jet Li Jackie Chan Kung Fu stars and then also himself as an actor wanting to break the mold he stepped into an audition room once um was it him or was it someone else that i think it was someone else was um, talking here they went into an audition and uh doesn't have a typical chinese name has like an american or english sounding name or whatever mm-hmm. and then when they walked in the casting was like oh we didn't know you were asian He's like why does that matter i'm just i'm playing a dude why why you gotta be asian not asian you know um so you gotta, sorry, you can't be Asian. Sorry, no, no Asians allowed. You didn't see the sign on the door? <clears throat> the, the, no the, dogs or Asians. The moose out front should have told you. Um, oh, and then also interesting detail that they did throw in here that... Um, wasn't this one? There's another article. How most Americans couldn't name a famous, a, a famous Asian-American celebrity. If I asked you to name a famous Asian-American celebrity, who would you name? I mean... <laughs> My mind's starting to blank at this moment for right, some reason, right. Chris. It's, it's weird. How it did take me a minute too to try to be like, I was thinking, I was thinking, I was thinking. How eventually yeah. came up with the uh, Lucy Liu. Is she Asian American? See, that's just it. Like, yeah. I don't. Yeah, she's a uh, half Japanese, half Chinese, half Japanese. She's the same character she is in Goddamn Kill Bill. <laughs> okay. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> half Chinese, half Japanese, uh, American son of immigrants. Um, yeah, it was like, it was, yeah. Da- daughter of immigrants? Yeah, exactly. Are you sure she's, um, that'd be weird. There's, son. there is a, a, another Hawaiian born, Hawaiian born, Chinese, half Chinese, Canadian, because I think he's Canadian, Keanu Reeves. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Dave Bautista's half Filipino. His mm-hmm. name is Bautista. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob Schneider's half Filipino. Oh boy. Really? We're running out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. That's odd. Yeah. That's why he tans so well. Good old Rob Schneider. Um, let's talk about James Gunn and the, the Suicide Squid here real quick. He says, I feel like I've been making little independent movies with the Guardians of the Galaxy films because this film is gigantic, says James Gunn. What? Yes. The, you, you were mining things from ancient dead space gods. <laughs> yep, tiny indie and, film. And that's a tiny indie film. Compared to what this movie is supposed to be, yes, apparently. What? Um, he says so definitely not a sequel it's really it's own thing says Gunn after writing the script he told Warner Brothers he would direct the film only if it were rated R not PG-13 the studio definitely balked but eventually yeah. agreed well yeah I mean this movie is going to make a shit ton of money and people are probably going to love it it is going to make a lot of money um, Gunn says that his upbeat demeanor during production was fueled by love for his cast even if he was at times terrified by a certain Oscar winner, quote, Viola Davis is the sweetest person who turns into this malevolent force as Amanda Waller. I'm not kidding. She scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Good times. Good times. She's flexing that muscle. 
Looking forward to this movie, man. He, he was just like, what he did was, uh, he saw it as an opportunity to make a war movie. He always wanted to make a war caper movie, specifically. Well, it's, I mean, you, yeah. That's, that's what he wanted to do. And then when he got this chance, he was like, I can make a war caper movie in the guys with, with the, with the supervillains. With all these supervillains, and then just killed them off. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That's Chris Reed's Entertainment Weekly, so you don't have to. You're welcome, everyone. That episode or that section brought to you by Rolling Stone Magazine. Mm. We're going to take a break. Be right back with the second half. We got emails, we got some Facebook comments, and then we have some sponsored segments. Um, so you ready for this, Drew? Sure. Do 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 do. I thought you were gonna no join in. No, no. While you're in the store today, be sure to check out the savings at the Kmart Photo Center. You'll find high-quality film developing at the lowest Kmart prices. Plus, be covered by our goof-proof policy, which says if you're not satisfied with any print for any reason, we'll reprint it or give you your money back. And if your prints aren't ready on time, you don't pay. It's just another way we're saving you money. So make sure you don't miss it. Hurry and head for the Kmart Photo Center right away. Yeah, that's uh, what I th- you weren't. Of course not. That, that, well, why, why would I? Well, I appreciate you observing the silence at least as I prayed for the rest of this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the second half. Welcome back to the second half. Remember? Yeah, I do. I, that was, a, that that's was a, an old school joke. An old school vocal tick that Drew had to beat out of me. Get the out Satan. Uh. Welcome back to the second half. We're uh, doing 445 is alive with news. We have so many things to talk about. We have emails. We have Facebook comments. Uh, first, we got to mention the patreon.com slash So Sign up today. Check out what we got going on. 12 months of Batman is happening. Amongst other things, we released an episode on John Woo's The Killer, which is just sitting there for free for people to watch on YouTube. Why aren't you watching it? The Killer is so good. And then sign up for a Patreon and... Well, listen along. Yeah, our our Patreon numbers are are plunging, guys. Help us out. It's like it's like Bitcoin. It was going up for a bit, now it's going down, 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 down. 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 Come on, come on. We're we're my diamond hand listeners. Uh, I think that's a thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm, Excuse me. I'm not good. On, I'm not good with the stonks. You know, you know, you know stonks. Uh, I'm aware. All right, that's one. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. Paper hands, diamond hands. What do you think's the one to have? That diamond. Diamond hands, baby. <laughs> Uh, cinema Crespediso at gmail.com is the email. Cinema Crespediso Facebook group, Cinema Crespediso Instagram, at Crespediso Twitter, Cinema Crespediso TikTok. I think that's everything. You think or you know? I am Chris Crespo on Twitter. There's there's a Juicy Cogburn variant on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, variants, it's a better version of me than me. Yeah, it's not a, par- <laughs> it's not a parody account, it's a variant. And, um, identity unknown and. <laughs> Well, it's a variant, so it's just another version of me. I mean, that's that's a possibility at this point. We don't know. We have, we don't have eyes on the variant. Yeah, yeah. And it could be a multiverse. You know, it, it could, could be, be. And I mean, who knows? It could be a variant that lives in a digital space. It could be like an NFT variant. What? 
<laughs> you could be a fucking non fungible You could be an NFV and a non fungible variant. Okay. That's what happens when you have the crisis of infinite content. None of it makes sense anymore, <laughs> Jurassic Cogburn. It's all smashing into each other. Yeah. You got you got the Zemeckis cube. You you fix it and things go backwards. It doesn't <laughs> make sense. It doesn't make sense. Um, so patreon.com slash crespity so give us money we'll give you the good stuff and my good stuff I mean the episodes we actually put effort into uh, Drew can you please read the Facebook comments from the comment question thread that I post weekly I can thank you so much Nicholas Develler get it sad us what up how Nick that's a hard at work Nick good mm-hmm. guy been on the show before if you could only afford one of the streaming services which would it be? HBO Max, next question. I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's so good, HBO. And they have so many like things. On I mean, I'd, I'd be angry that I couldn't watch Loki, but the uh, like everything else on D Plus is really not worth the money. Yeah, yeah. Of the three Marvel shows so far, Loki's the only one worth revisiting yeah. in any way. Um, like, no necessarily like, shade to the other ones or anything. No. It's just that they're not that... They're fine. Those are fine. Loki's good. Um, yeah, I mean, Netflix has been... A Netflix movie really isn't worth its weight in salt for most no. part. No. Uh, I mean, if I... If you go into Netflix writing series if, and stuff. Exactly. If I was more into, like, stupid comedies and anime series, then I'd be all over that Netflix. That would be Netflix. Then Netflix should be your home for sure. If you're looking for, like, some real mainstream shit, you'd be happy with Peacock. No. Because Peacock's at NBC Universal. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of TV stuff, very popular TV stuff is on there, but yeah, I mean, yeah, no, the for quality. Me, for me, it, it, yeah, it's, it's HBO Max. And obviously, they're, they're misstabs, and not everything's well, yeah, perfect and, or whatever. Well, and, and not everything on there is good. It's right. just the, like, more of my types of movies and series are on HBO yes. than anything else. Yes, Absolutely. I mean, they've got the Adult Swim, they've got the DC stuff, they've got, you know, quality dramas. Speaking of which, uh, it's under the Cartoon Network banner originally, but it was always intended to be an HBO Max original, but uh, the rollout for the service wasn't ready in time. Uh, tied into the Patreon, Ron, one of our patrons, requested that we do an episode on Infinity Train. I finally watched season one of that. Okay, uh, I gotta get started then. Yep, so you can, if you could get started, because uh, I know you've already seen some of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you could probably just jump for it if you wanted to. Because um, it's an anthology series anyway. Each season's a different story. So I plan on banging out the other three seasons over the next few weeks, and then we can do that bonus episode. It may have to be a hybrid Infinity Train just modern animation episode. I don't know if we'll be able to get a whole hour out of it. I'll, I'll watch the rest of these. I'm not trying to prejudge. It's no. still a good show. I'm mm-hmm. enjoying it. And again, it's like the breadth of what HBO Max has to offer it includes yep. something like that. Exactly. And then fucking Sopranos and Westworld and everything in between. All, no. that, all that goddamn nonsense. It's an interesting question, though. HBO Max, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, next question. Uh, Carmella gets at us. What up, Carmella? Uh, can you name a bad movie with a great soundtrack? Uh... I can. Crow, colon, City of Angels. Go. Spawn. All right. <laughs> same two or three year time period, I think, there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, same same vibe of like yeah. a cool, interesting, deep cut mix of rock and rap. Like some popular and bands for deep cut songs. For Spawn, it was the mix. The mixing. It, 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 was, it was a mix of like hard, hard rock slash heavy metal yeah. and uh, like electronic and industrial yeah. stuff. Yes. Yeah, so... Um, Escape from L.A. also had a good uh, soundtrack. That movie sucks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Unfortunately. I, yeah. I, I really want to like that movie. Of course. And there are parts of the movie okay. that I do like. Yeah. And the part where 
uh, snake surfs next to Steve Buscemi's car yeah. is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen put to film. It's ridiculous. And, and then he like high fives Peter Fonda. It's like hang tight. Like, he's like surfs off of the, the wave. It's, it's so weird. It's a wild, weird movie. That's just a strange remake of itself, of the first one. Yeah. But then they bring up Cleveland. You, you escaped from Cleveland. What happened in Cleveland? I, just, I still want to see that movie. Yeah. Someone needs to make Escape from Cleveland. We, we need it. a new Snake Plissken, Escape from Cleveland. It's a prequel. We, we could, it's, Come on, guys. It's gonna come be, on. It's going to be fun. Come on. We can do it. It's going to be good. It's, we can do it. Escape from Cleveland. And we'll shoot it in Cincinnati. The, uh, just, to, <laughs> just, fuck with just to fuck with them and piss them off. Um, there's another one. I or There's a sound... What was the soundtrack? Like, who was the band? Sugar Ray. Mm-hmm. Before they were all um, got poppy. Well, it's not that they. Not, and, and it's not before that they got poppy. Chris is what 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 Sugar Ray did is they made pop songs for the radio, so people would buy their albums of hardcore punk song music. Well, yeah, it's like yeah. Their first <laughs> the first output was like heavier stuff, and I remember even even that album with Fly on it. Like there was only I, fl- Fly and the other radio song. Those are the only two quote unquote like radio songs. Radio songs on the album. The rest of it's like very heavy rock. Well, they had yeah. I had a soundtrack that wasn't for a good movie, but that they were on it. I remember that. I can't recall what it was. Um, they were a strange band. Only thing that's coming to mind is like '90s stuff, obviously, because that's when I feel like that was the heyday too of uh, movies coming out with like soundtracks that were like music used yeah. in or inspired by or something uh-huh. like that. A lot of that happened in the '80s too. Uh, the cocktail soundtrack is fantastic. And cocktail's not really good. Movie. And the cocktail's not a very good movie. And it's, 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 it's got a really good album cover. Yeah, <laughs> it's the movies. Yeah, with the cocktail and Leon in the background, he's posing at the bar. The uh, the movie's poster makes an amazing album cover. Yeah. You know who just put out an amazing album cover? Um, what's this guy's name? John Mayer okay. put out an album called Sob Rock, and it's his 80s sad Yacht Rock album. Mm-hmm. And the cover is straight up like Bob Seger... Uh, if you look like the the color grading of it, the way his name is written in the font, it, it's such a perfect recreation of like a Billy Squire cover album yeah. uh, album cover. Oh, it's makes me actually want to listen to the <laughs> album. I, I saw the cover. I was like, whoa! Should I listen to this? <laughs> this looks cool. Do I like John Mayer now? What's <laughs> happening to me? What's happening to me? I'm, God, I used to be so cool. And then I'm like, <laughs> were you? Mm, debatable. The uh, yeah okay so those are some good uh, some good questions from the Facebook group thanks Cromello we appreciate it check out the Cromello Mix Show WGOT Gainesville they're also online you don't have to actually live in Gainesville fortunately so check that out um, what we got for the email Joseph Cogman Cromello also emailed us what up Cromello these are thoughts <laughs> that are a little bigger than can be fit into the uh, Facebook hey Chris and Drew what's up why do some shows fail on network TV but find huge success Elsewhere, uh, Manifest getting canceled on NBC yeah. while becoming the number one show on Netflix being the latest example. That is weird. <clears throat> and this phenomenon began decades ago before streaming. Baywatch and WKRP were unsuccessful as network shows, but because but became huge hits in syndication. DVDs allowed Family Guy a second life after bombing on Fox. More recently, we've seen Arrested Development, Lucifer, The Expanse, and Manifest fail on networks only to become hits after being resurrected on streamers. Yeah. Is it that network heads after being 
Is it that network heads are impatient and kind of dumb, or is it just plain luck? What makes these shows succeed elsewhere after it has been canceled by a network? Thanks for all the free content. I'll hang up and listen now. Uh, I, personally, <clears throat> I think it's the convenience of it. Mm-hmm. I think that whatever for whatever reason, these shows, I don't know wh- wh- when they played on network television. Sure. But for whatever reason, w- we're either in the wrong time slot or on the wrong day yep. or they just weren't getting the right people to view them. Yep. Uh, and for whatever reason, on streaming services, people just kind of watch whenever, however they want. Yeah. It becomes uh, successful. I think Lucifer was an NBC show. Okay. Right? So, to speak to that point then, uh, so before... Why even, is NBC making a show about the devil? It's going to be the lamest thing ever. Uh, maybe it was Fox then. Maybe it was Fox. I was about to say, NBC's devil show? What? <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing. They do... Like, I mean... <coughs> NBC did Hannibal. Did they? Yes. So that's the thing. That's weird. The, the They do try different things outside of what you would expect from CBS, NBC. All the networks do try something, but then you run into the, uh, is this really an NBC show? And do NBC audiences want this? Because then weirdly, those audience, they do have their audiences. People no. watch their fucking things. The CBS audience is so stereotypically like, you know, the 80-year-olds, you know, like NCIS, mm-hmm. the most watched shows in the country, but only our, our aunts and our grandmas watch that shit, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I think it's like a weird thing where they try the show. It's popular enough to justify a couple seasons, but then for people to watch it, they have to be cable subscribers. There's less and less of those while there's more and more Netflix subscribers. It ends up on Netflix now. It's now, like you're saying, it's a matter of access. It's way more convenient for people to come across it. It starts becoming more popular. Lucifer gets canceled off TV. Netflix picks it up. It was one of the most watched things on, uh, like, from Sunday to Friday or whatever, like a week to week. Uh, it was one of the most watched things as of a couple weeks ago. Uh, and then, now he said in the email that show Manifest became, like, the most watched thing on fucking the internet. For a fucking okay. for a week, the same week or the week after that shit got canceled, and then Netflix even put out a thing like, "Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna pay to revive this thing. We don't want to pick up all the contracts." I think another thing is maybe it costs less money for Netflix traditionally to they can so for like NBC, they make a show. Their business model is still ads. Mm-hmm. We need to sell ads, so if we spend X amount of dollars to make this show and it gets this amount of views, that amount of views has to justify, you know, it has to make enough for the ad revenue to justify the cost of the show, right? Yeah. Obviously. Now, Netflix doesn't need ads. Netflix needs subscribers. Um, so the same amount of views for them could just be a win. Like, like look, 5 million people watched Lucifer last weekend. Isn't that amazing? As opposed to NBC being like, that's not enough to justify the amount of money we need to sell to fucking pay for all these contracts. Um, It's just economics of it all is what's murky and weird and crazy. And I think that's why. I think that's why things are super successful in one arena or fail in one arena and then end up super successful in another. I think it's a combination of the two. It's both the economics of it and then the accessibility factor that you're mentioning. Because it is specifically shows that the ones that are popping off are Netflix shows, which is the most owned, most used. 200 million subscribers around the world, something like that, most used uh, uh, service. Anyway, interesting question. Thank you, Carmel. Appreciate it. Uh, Another email. 
Yes. Yes. Let's do it. Baby. Gabe got at us. What up, Gabe? What up, show? What up? Uh, sorry, haven't emailed in a while. I've been listening, though. So he's got some reviews. All right, cool. His Loki review. Yes, let's hear it. Loki is really good. Yeah. I've heard the critics and Loki speaks to all the existential questions I think about. No spoilers, but Marvel can do whatever the hell they want with this universe. Deadpool, on the table. Spider-Ham, on the table. Yeah. Spider-Pig, on the table. True. Overall, I like Loki way more than WandaVision, but like I said, it's more in my cerebral wheelhouse. The tone from the beginning of this series definitely changes, and it gets more to the place I wanted it to go. Thumbs up. All right. Uh, I, th- I think you should leave season two. Oh man, people are loving this. I like season one better. Season two seems forced. Hmm. I had like five or six skits I laughed out loud, but most of it felt very try hard. Black Lady sketch show is funnier. All right, I gotta watch both those shows. The Hunt Review. Mm-hmm. Uh, beginning like the purge, and I wasn't sure what kind of tone it was going for. After this one scene happens, I absolutely knew they were going for fun, over the top movie. I like this. Head to head, the movie sets up. It would be a fun revisit. One thumb up. Uh, I think it's on HBO Max. I'm seeing the the title for that popping up. What the hunt? Yeah, we saw it in theaters. I know we saw it in theaters, but uh, now I'm seeing more and more people online, like through Hundos and stuff, talking about it. And it's because it's now on a service that that people have. It's this weird, hyper violent, satirical black comedy. Yeah, which could be better. Could be way better. But again, a lot of Damon Lindelof written things could be better. You know. Uh, I mean, even The Watchmen could be better. He really, yeah. like that whole, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know about that uh, Ozymandias storyline. Great show, though. Great, great show. Thanks, Gabe. We appreciate the email, man. Uh, thank you so much. Good reviews. Uh, seems like he's liking, for the most part, what he's seeing. All right. A whole bunch of stuff to talk about here. Uh, let's let's bank through some of it. Real quick, talking about like streaming stuff. Netflix is going to continue streaming Universal and DreamWorks animated movies uh, after they go on Peacock, like okay. they worked out a deal yeah. with Universal, with NBC Universal, to to continue being the home of a lot of the, these big titles. And they need kid stuff. Yeah, they, they do need they need popular kid stuff, uh, and they're not producing it uh, necessarily. So uh, they're willing to pay, and then it's just going to be like one of these things where it's going to be on Peacock for a while, then it's going to come down, end up on Netflix, back and forth like that. That is never going to end. The whole back and forth things bouncing off of yeah. uh, libraries and stuff like. Uh, uh, goddamn Hannibal Lecter movies. Like, there's one on Stars, and there's one on like Showtime, and there's one you have to have like the Infinity Gauntlet of, <laughs> of streaming services to be yeah. able to, if you want to watch all this stuff. Meanwhile, A24 reportedly putting themselves on the market. Really? Yes, pricing themselves at three billion dollars. Uh, consider that. George uh, Lucasfilm was bought for four million, and that that now seems like uh, an underpayment. They should, like, like George Lucas should ask for way more than four fucking right. Is that crazy? Um, Reese Witherspoon, she has her own little uh, production company that does stuff like anything that she's been in lately. It's hers, right? Uh, that wild movie she did, Big Little Liars, and all that stuff uh, she's been making. Um, that just sold for one billion dollars. Yeah. So there's a market for these for these content libraries, especially now with all these uh, yeah. all these big giant services. So A24 is like, hey, who wants to pony up three billion <laughs> for us? Which is interesting, very interesting. <clears throat> we'll kill their cachet a bit when they become yeah. when it says A24, and underneath it says an a Apple. Time Warner Company. Yes. <laughs> ah! 
it was so cool, but nothing cool can last. No. Nothing cool can there's last. A, there's a, I mean, there was gonna, it has to end sometime. Yeah. I mean, and not all A24 movies are good. No, of course not. Of course not. Um, they just have, you know, a particular they, they, style. They, and, I was about to say, yeah, record. they they just happen to really, like, make stuff that I like. Yeah. <laughs> For the most part, I'm into it. Um, all right, this new segment is brought to you by uh, Victoria's Secret and Frank Frank Frankie's of Hollywood. Remember them? What? Uh, it's called Sexy Time in okay. Hollywood. Here we go, Joseph Cameron. Uh, Paul Verhoeven's got a new movie coming out called ben- Benedetta. Okay. And uh, some people are angry at him, and they're calling the film Blasphemy. Okay. Because it's about sexy nuns. Awesome. He says, I don't understand how you can really be blasphemous about something that happened, even if it's in 1625. Verhoeven, who is 82 years old, said at the 74th Annual Con Film Festival, Benedetta is the name of the movie. It's true, mostly. I mean, of course we changed a little bit, but it's not. Why would you talk about blasphemy about something that happened 4,500 years ago? I think that's wrong. Um, it's based on the nonfiction book Immodest Acts, The Life of a Lesbian Nun in Renaissance Italy. Fun. And that's Paul Verhoeven's uh, yeah. current movie that's coming out now. Um, they call it blasphemy because homosexuality is a scene. One scene in the period drama sees a statue of the Virgin Mary being used as a sex toy. Awesome. Now I want to see it. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Now I want to see it. It sounds sacrilegious. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Um, So, yeah, that's where where we got that to look forward to. And uh, more sexy time. Tiffany Haddish told a story about how um, she was in this movie, uh, in this Nicolas Cage movie, The the Unbearable Weight of Talent. Mm -hmm. She's in this. And she tells a story about how uh, she was like 18 or 19 or something and what movie did she go see let me click on the link she went and saw a movie with uh, the dude she was seeing at the time and it was a Nick Cage movie uh, it was uh, let me see and she, she had to tell him this story because uh, he was like Nick Cage was getting irritated I was like look I'm really intimidated by you and I need to tell you something I have to tell you the story once I tell you the story it will be fine and the story is I was at the theater seeing Face Off <laughs> I was 17 years old with this guy, and nobody else was in the theater. It was just us in the back of the theater, and we started making out, and it was my first time being fiddled with. And as I was achieving achieving a momentous moment that I had never experienced in my life, I opened my eyes, and the eyes of Nicolas Cage are looking into my own eyes super big, and that was my first orgasm. That's hilarious. That's pretty wild. <laughs> and now she's on a yeah. set with him. Yeah, huh? And, uh, like, being all and being, awkward and yeah, shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, Well, there's a reason for that. Her first orgasm was looking deep Straight into the Straight into Nick eyes. 20-foot-tall eyes. <laughs> that is weird. That's crazy. Um, keeping up with the sexy time, Rose Byrne uh, talks about how um, she has never been... Um, Never had to deal with issues, unacceptable issues on set. Okay. But she's seen it happen. And she thinks she's, it's weird that she's never been, uh, yeah. uh, had unwanted sexual advances upon her. She's like, how come, how come no one's, <laughs> no one wants to fuck me? Yeah, how come these producers aren't <laughs> harassing me? Like, I've seen it happen to other people. It's bad. It shouldn't happen. How come it's not happening to me? What's going on? <laughs> so, uh, Rose Byrne. Inter- interesting take on the, 
Looking for some unwanted sexy. <laughs> is that what's going down there? I don't know. Uh, final sexy time story. Choose a Kyber. I didn't even know these people were a couple, but as of the last couple of years, Jody Turner Smith, the lady from Queen and Slim, and then oh, okay. she was just in Without Remorse, uh-huh. the Michael B. Yeah. Jordan movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, she is, uh, I think, believe straight up married to uh, Dawson's Creek Creeks, Joshua Jackson. Okay. Yes. That's a real... I want to call it a May-December. More of a May... Oh, okay. Joshua Jackson, remember that guy? Yeah. It's more of a May-November. Damn, good for him. Maybe May-late-October relationship. Motherfucker lucked out. I think he lucked out. (laughs) So, uh, according to Joshua Jackson... uh, Well, first, she said in an original interview that when they met in 2018, it was a one-night stand. They had a passionate one-night stand. Uh, now Joshua Jackson's clarifying that saying that's not true. It was a three night stand. <laughs> there we go. Um, they met in 2018, got married in 2019, had a child in April 2020. Ooh, tough time to have a kid, but they're rich. They're fine. Yeah, I was about to say. I mean, I'm assuming he's rich. Uh, this is coming up. I mean, he probably made a lot of Dawson's Creek money. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They got that Dawson's Creek bills, and it's not like he's been uh, out there. Not trying to be and stuff. Maybe and, uh, he's, he's got money somehow. Man, I mean, if he had a sweet deal, he could, he could be getting great syndication money. That's true. That's true if his agents were good, his lawyers. Um, the, uh, the, oh, met at a party. That's why I gotta go to parties. <laughs> that's why people gotta go to parties so you can be, uh, got a party. It also helps to be so uh, can... already famous. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and rich. And rich. And surrounded by other <laughs> beautiful, rich, famous people. Yeah, so then it's all like, oh, okay, we're all cool together, right? This is all, we're all fine. Um, he's doing the show Dr. Death, which is why. Oh, okay. That's, which is why it's back. That's still working. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Uh, here we go. Sponsored segment brought to you by the government. The D.A.R.E. program wants you to know that Megan Fox went, quote, went to hell for eternity, end quote, during her ayahuasca trip with Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> So she didn't like the DMT. No, no, not necessarily. <laughs> not, it was just that was a long trip, and for a portion of it, she went to hell for eternity. Yeah, well, I mean, from from what I hear about DMT, like it, the act, like real time, we're talking fifteen minutes. In your brain, I've heard stories of lifetimes being lived. Well, this this I mean ayahuasca. Let's see here. It's um, it's it's, it's the DMT fucking shit. It just goes straight into your soul, and it takes you to the psychological prison that you hold yourself in. So it's your own version of hell, and I was definitely there. Um, Cool. Oh, this is interesting. Everybody's journey is different. Again, Megan Fox. Everybody's journey is different, but on the second night... See? Like, it's going on for days. On the second night, I went to hell for eternity. Just knowing it's eternity is torture in itself because there's no beginning, middle, or end. So you have a real ego death. <laughs> cool. Um, <laughs> she said it went on for three nights and it was incredibly intense. Uh, so what, what, they're just like drinking the ayahuasca over and over. Yeah, and throwing up and they, tripping they, their balls they off. They do the whole throw up thing. No. Yep. Uh, her machine gun, Kelly, doing this. And uh, where were they in like... South America somewhere. Yeah, more than likely. Um, good times, ayahuasca. I mean, no bad times, guys. There says don't, don't activate real emotions. Drugs are fun until they're not. You know who doesn't think drugs are fun? 
Sasha Baron Cohen. Okay. Uh, there is a um, cannabis company in Massachusetts who put up a billboard <laughs> that said, it's nice, happy 420, with a picture of Borat. I heard about this. Now they're being sued. Sued for copyright $9 million dollars for copyright infringement. I'm sure. Um, oh. Here's a statement from Cohen's lawyer. The reason why Mr. Baron Cohen never has used cannabis is that he does not believe it is a healthy choice. With his Ali G character, portrayed by Mr. Cohen in the HBO series Ali G Show, Mr. Cohen will spend much of his career making a mockery of stoner culture, a culture which the defendant's billboard overtly celebrates. In addition, he was born to an Orthodox Jewish family. He is an observant Jew and proud of his cultural heritage. He does not wish to be involved in heated controversy amongst the Orthodox Jewish community about whether cannabis can be used under Jewish traditions, customs, and rules. So not only does he not do it, doesn't like it, doesn't want to be involved in a debate about using it. So uh, he's just, oh yeah, he's like, he's like not into weed, not into weed. Don't like it. You shouldn't do it either. Uh, uh, I gotta go to temple. Good, that's what he said. So there you go, guys. Go to temple. Don't do drugs. Uh, and be like Borat. Very nice. End of segment. <laughs> uh, real quick, we got some quick social justice warrior <laughs> stuff. Did you know? Uh, goddamn, Carl Sagan was one of them freaking SJWs. I mean, it makes sense. Got this goddamn guy who thinks science is all the answers and none of the questions or all the questions and some of the answers. How does it go? Both, I'm pretty sure. In talking about the movie Star Wars, Carl Sagan said in a video that's been making the rounds lately, Star Wars starts out saying it's on some other galaxy. And then you see there's people. It's extremely unlikely that there will be creatures as similar to us as the dominant ones in Star Wars. And there's a whole bunch of other things. They're all white. The skin of all the humans in Star Wars, oddly enough, is sort of like this, Sagan said, gesturing to his own hands. And not even the other colors represented on the Earth are present, much less greens and blues and purples and oranges. Everybody on in charge of the galaxy seemed to look like us, and I thought that was a large amount of human chauvinism. Yeah, uh-huh. Interesting. Carl White. Carl White. Carl Sagan, himself white, <laughs> decades early on the Hollywood So White debate. Good for him. Good for him. Man. I mean, some of it was intentional, like the the imperial stuff. Because they're supposed to be the, the, the British be, imperial. Yeah, yeah. Supposed, yeah, supposed to be sterile old white men. That's yes. why you don't see there there are no ladies. That's true. <laughs> that is true. That is so, true. um, the uh, original Black Widow screenwriter Eric Pearson is a dude. Okay. Okay. He wrote the. The line of dialogue in which uh, Red Guardian is like, oh, what, what is it? The time of month? Mm-hmm. Making a period joke. Yeah. Uh, the uh, director, what's her name? Uh, Kate Kate Shortland. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting what she says here about the, this is article specifically about, um, here we go. But like the, the, how the movie talks about <clears throat> female sex trafficking yeah. and, and forced sterilization and I mean, all that stuff. Th- that, and I mean, how the movie approaches it. That that misogynistic joke starts that whole little portion yes. of dialogue. Yes. Um, she says, uh, the goal is to have the Marvel Universe intersect with reality. So we talk about trafficking. We talk about women's reproductive rights in the film because they're things we care about. And instead of it being about victimization, the characters make jokes about it being... Because it happened to them. I hope that that lifts people up. The trauma that the characters have been through, they're trying to come up and answer it, not let it put them down. Um, and it's sort of also in reaction to an Age of Ultron when she talks to Bruce Banner about being sterilized, and she said, see, you're not the only monster. 
on his team. <laughs> <laughs> and women were like, whoa, wait. Yeah. What you, what you, what you, what you, excuse me? What you, what you mean by that? What you mean by that? Um, yeah, he goes in the movie, why the aggression? Is it your time of the month? He says, um, and uh, it gets her to point out that she doesn't have a period because that doesn't happen because she doesn't have a uterus. That's what happens when a red room gives you an involuntary hysterectomy. She says, "Here we go." The dialogue was the actresses and myself being the director countering Eric Pearson after he inserted the unwanted period joke, and we said, "Okay, you're going to write that, buddy. We're going to unleash." Florence Pugh on you. <laughs> so he wants to make a quick period joke. Like, well, we're going to have our characters joke about the actual act of the hysterectomy and what happens in there. And then Red Guardian's like, oh, I don't want to hear about this. Oh, this yeah. What's wrong with you? Gross. Gross. Uh, gross. Blah. Women stuff. Um, Goddamn SJWs. How dare they? How dare they inflict and put their reality in my, my entertainment? <laughs> um, oh, this is a funny story here about how uh, uh, Bill Murray and Lucy Liu got into a shouting match on the set of Charlie's Angels back in 2000. Okay. And this story is from a, a, a production assistant who, uh, the, the legend was that they got into a fist fight. That never mm-hmm. happened. Never came to blows. Here's it being uh, explained. And we all know Bill Murray's an asshole, right? Yeah. Okay. Basically, Murray, here's a quote. Basically, Murray rewrote a bunch of scenes without telling anyone, including Drew Barrymore, who's a producer. He put the new pages in everyone's trailers, and everyone came to set wondering where the hell the new pages had come from. Murray was the last to step on stage, and by that time, <clears throat> there was already mass confusion. Director McGee was pissed that no one had consulted him. The ADs were pissed. Drew's producing partner came in, and Murray was like, what's on? McGee was like, did you get new pages in your trailer? And Murray was like, no, but I put new pages in everyone's trailer. Drew and her partner were pretty upset. Murray was like, I'm making it better, okay? You got like 16 writers on this thing. And then Lucy Liu spoke up, saying something like, this is way out of line. Here it goes. Murray turns and says, I don't know what you're complaining about. I gave you more lines. I mean, look who you're in here with. You're TV, and this is the big league. And at that point, Lucy shouted, fuck you, you fucking cocksucker. (laughs) And the 80s cleared the stage as Lucy ran off crying. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. And then, uh, no punches were thrown, not physically. He later apologized, so not entirely sincerely, in my honest opinion. Mm-hmm. There you go, Bill Murray, asshole. So we all saw Bill Murray, right? <laughs> Just trying to make the movie better. Gave Lucy Liu more length. She's a TV lady. Why? Why should she be mad about the truth? Everyone just mad at the truth teller. That's yeah. what's going on. That's exactly what it is. You Chris. tell you tell the yep. truth. <clears throat> People get mad at you. Um, all right, we're gonna have to really run through all these last stories. Some of them are way, way less interesting than others. Um, oh, but this is oh man, wish we had more time to debate this. Juice Cover, that Anthony Bourdain documentary, Roadrunner, mm-hmm. uses AI to recreate um, his voice. Excuse me. Yes, instead of just using the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of hours. hours all yeah. his audio, the he the director wanted audio of Bourdain saying something that he says that people agree that that's what his sentiments were and he did like say stuff like that in the past but they don't have a recording of it so they hired an AI company to recreate that and then he was even like in all his interviews where he, he mentions it and if people don't mention an interview he brings it up because he's trying to get ahead of it and then he's always like 
we can do the whole documentary ethics board thing later, blah, blah. This is just honor Bourdain. And then people are like, no, 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 we can talk about this now. You just... I call fucking, bullshit yeah, on that. Yeah, you just making up shit that this guy... That, yeah. Is that crazy? Now you can't trust anything. You, you, you can't trust nothing. Nope. Can't trust nothing. Nowhere, no how. And um, also, uh, uh, he said, he was like, I went to um, his estate. I went to... Uh, technically, uh, his wife, they were separated... But they hadn't officially divorced. Mm -hmm. So when he passed, she was still... Uh, His wife. The executor of yeah. the estate. Um, so he's like, I went to the wife. I went to all these people. Everyone were all on board. Everyone was fine with this AI use. And then the this lady, then she just came out recently. was like, N -n 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 didn't ask me anything clear with me. I am not cool with it. <laughs> oh, shit. Highly suspect this Roadrunner movie. Yeah. Sounds like it. Is that crazy? Um, Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam movie will feature a scene in which uh, Dwayne Johnson was filmed at 960 frames a second. What? Yeah, some, we're going to get some super hyper real slow motion shit. It's going to be wild. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I just like techie shit like that. Um, so what, So it's, it's like Zack Snyder was there but not yeah it's like not not slow-mo enough <laughs> not enough guys speed it up 960 frames is crazy that's bonkers yeah that is, that is super crazy um <clears throat> james gunn says comic book superhero movies are now quote mostly boring to me probably okay. won't do them anymore uh necessarily after uh, suicide squad he's probably done zo bunzo with them also he said that the king shark character was extremely hard to come up with they ran through... He wrote the character with Sylvester Stallone in mind, right? Mm -hmm. And apparently him and Stallone are friends. He wrote it with Stallone as, like, his model, but then he also never went and asked him because he was like, I don't, want, I don't want to bother the guy. So they went through, he says, like, hundreds, if not thousands, of voice actors, of professional voice actors, of real actors. They did the whole movie with a, a, a professional voice actor, and he was like, it's not working. Did the whole movie with another friend of his that he said, he didn't name him, but said it was a really, really famous actor. Makes me think it's, for some reason, I want to say it's Kevin Bacon. And he had a the whole movie and said it's not working and then finally he was like oh. you're a fly hey Sloan, <laughs> can you can you come help us out with this character and then he said when Sloan came in it was just like easy peasy the whole way through that the character just came together mm -hmm. and, and it's thanks in large part to what Stallone brings to it not just uh, you know his voice or whatever but mm -hmm. like actually um, like character development wise and shit like that you know isn't that weird yeah, it is. Sloan's a real artist. He's a weird guy. <laughs> Super Trump supporter. Weird artist. <laughs> He's got like statues and shit. Um, they just introduced uh, Deadpool and the MCU officially with a bit of synergy. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Deadpool and Korg do a YouTube watch video of it. the Free Guy trailer. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty. Well, because I'm pretty sure they're both in Free Guy. Yes, because that's another. Yeah, it's all shit. A mishmash. <laughs> Crisis of infinite content. True, it's all mishmash together. They're both in Free Guy. They're both on the MCU. It's, 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 he's cursing, and they're bleeping it out. And it's like, oh boy, here we go. Man, can Taika Waititi direct the next Deadpool? Movie? Oh, isn't that be fun? <laughs> Man, that'd be that'd be great. I'd be so into that. Um, new Star Trek movie coming from the Wandavision director Matt Shackman. Okay. So, for your Star Trek heads, there's development there. <clears throat> You're a Thomas Crown Affair fan. Uh, it's a fun movie. Remake coming with uh, Michael B. Jordan as, okay. the, as the billionaire who's bored and wants to steal for I'll, fun. I'll watch it. It'll be the third version of the movie. No. Did you ever see the original with Steve McQueen? No. I only saw the Pierce Brosnan one. 
Yeah, that Pierce Brosnan one's sexy as fuck. Fuck yeah, it is. Uh, <clears throat> Damon, Damon, Sh- Damien Chazelle's 1920s movie Babylon. We talked about this briefly mm-hmm. on the on our Patreon.com post-pandemic movie guide, which may soon become a middle-pandemic movie guide. <laughs> Depending how, on... Yeah, what things are going on here in this fucked-up country. Um, so embarrassing. The um, At the time when we talked about it, all we knew was that it was a goddamn uh, Brad Pitt movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Damien Chazelle's doing an ode to Hollywood's golden age, being described as the Great Gatsby on steroids. Great Gatsby's already kind of oh, over-the-top yeah. indulgent, right? Um, here's the cast. So far, we got Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, uh, Catherine Waterston, Spike Jones, Tobey Maguire making his uh, return to the screen, Max Minghella, Lucas Haas. We got two of the three members of the Pussy Posse here, man. That's crazy shit. Um, Rory Scovel, Samara Weaving. So not only does this have Margot Robbie. But it's got not Margot Robbie. That's some fucking weird <laughs> play twins. And, uh, oh, Flea. <laughs> yes. I love it when Flea pops up when in movies. He just, he just pops up. All of a sudden, he's like, Flea. Yes. Whoa, you're back. Yeah, I love Flea. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, he's awesome. Oh, man, he's great in the Big Lebowski. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. <laughs> oh, my God. We want the money, Lebowski. Um, Indiana Jones 5 just added another actor. Flea. <laughs> you set the bar too high. You set the bar way too high. Unfortunately, not Flea. Antonio Banderas. Okay, I'll take yeah, it. That's so pretty good. Antonio Banderas will be in Indiana Jones 5, uh, which doesn't have a full title yet. Indiana Jones 5 in the Race to the Moon. Okay. Okay, there no. we go. There you go, guys. I'm then, calling it. Calling it now. So in- Indiana Jones got to space even faster than Fast and Furious did. In five movies. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, they did. Also took them 40 years. What the fuck it <laughs> um, Uncut Gems coming to Criterion. Yeah. So for uh-huh. you physical media heads, it's getting its own cool Criterion collection with like commentary tracks and short films and things like that all on there. So that's really, that's going to oh. be pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, Keanu Reeves, John Wick 4. I, I thought this was just assumed it was going to happen, but apparently they had to like lick the pen, sign the contract, make it official. Ian McShane will be back for John Wick 4. Good. Could you imagine if he wasn't? If they, I mean, it would be a, if it, that it, some sort it, of weird it, impasse. It, it would be a tragic loss. It would be a bummer. It would be a bummer. Speaking of... I mean, depending, unless he's making something better. Right, which is, I mean, what's the chances of that? Um, speaking of... Swedgen Origins. Oh, <laughs> Swedgen Origins. Okay, that'd be... <laughs> not Origins, no. Swer- yeah, man. <laughs> I have to de-age him. God, I'm so sick of this de-aging shit. So, um, the John Wick TV show, The Continental, is not going to be a TV show anymore. Now it's going to be a three-part like limited series event on stars. Okay. And they got Albert Hughes of the Hughes brothers to direct episodes one and three. Interesting. Yeah. So the continental happening as a three episode mini event on stars. Fun. I already mentioned uh, Loki director not coming back for season two. Uh, Nicholas Cage confirms that his Joe exotic Amazon series is canceled because okay. they couldn't get it going fast enough. That's fine. And Amazon, uh, they just felt that the, the, uh, the heat, from Tiger King has burned away. Yeah. And anyway, the, the Peacock version is still happening with, uh, what's her name? Kate McKinnon. That's fine. Yeah. So we're still good. As long as somebody, someone's yeah, doing it. It's totally, it's totally worth doing. And Nick Cage's Joe Exotic would have been fun, but fuck it. Yeah, it would have been weird. Um, Ava DuVarnay's DMZ series. Mm-hmm. 
has rounded out its cast. You want to hear who's going to be in the show? Yes. Um, this is going to be, I believe, a HBO Max show. Yeah, and, it, and it's about the uh, the medic lady, right? Yes. Yes, the medic lady, who will be starring, uh, will be played by Rosario Dawson. Okay. And then Benjamin Brett. I guess maybe he's going to be the photographer? Mm-hmm. The, the lead of the... Cause he's a, no, of the journalist? The, the journalist, he's supposed to be like a... Uh, the younger like, guy, right? A young white guy. Yeah. Hmm, I wonder who that could be. Well, they got Benjamin Bratt. Mm. Mamie Gummer. She's the um, the, uh, the FBI agent from uh, um, Mr. Robot, uh, Meryl Streep's daughter. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. She was a true detective. Uh, Nora Dunn is going to be in this, which is like, whoa, 90s. That's kind of cool. And then a bunch of other names that I don't, I don't know. Cool. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so the DMZ show coming. HBO Max is going to be good. Looking forward to it. Um, also coming, it got a teaser, a short teaser trailer, and a release date of September 13th. I can't... I mean, we have been fucking talking about this goddamn possibility of this being a film or a show since I think the damn near beginning of Cinema Crest Space Soldier Okay. I think when the show ends, I think it's going to be the end of the show. I think we're going to be... <laughs> maybe the universe will end. Um, coming September 13th, effects on Hulu, Why the Last Man. Oh, it actually happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. How long have we been talking about this? It happened? Interesting. Brian K. Vaughan's Why the Last Man. Why the Last Man. <laughs> it's past tense. Uh, we'll be coming September on the, on the Hulu with the lead actor Ben Schnitzer. Whoever that is, he's, he's, he's a gay. He's gonna have a monkey. He's hell yeah, he's gonna have a little monkey. That's, my monkey's gonna be awesome. And his monkey's gonna be named Ampersand. It's a cool sounding name when you say it out loud. <laughs> and finally, Drew Sakaiba ended the show with another HBO series, uh, HBO A24 team up, Ooh. a show called The Sympathizer, okay. uh, produced by Robert Downey Jr. He will also star in multiple roles. And it will be directed by um, Old Boys Chan Luke Park. Okay, what the fuck is this shit about? The Sympathizer is a spy thriller and satirical story. It follows a biracial French-Vietnamese communist spy through the tail end of the Vietnam War and his subsequent defection to the United States. Okay. So uh, Robert Downey Jr. was like not playing that that uh, yeah th- that role. biracial yes, but <laughs> he will be, but apparently he will be playing multiple other roles. Like uh, I think it said here specifically, a CIA agent, a county congressman, and a Hollywood film director. All right. So he's gonna fucking clumps it up. Yep. So there you go. Fun. That, that sounds good. Again, HBO Max. That's the service yeah. to go with. <laughs> that's the one. If you want something interesting, HBO Go Max. Uh. I mean, FX is cool too, but no, you know, you can get a whole Hulu thing just for FX. I mean, Hulu's free still these days with everything. Pretty much, like I haven't, I've never paid a, an actual d- just, dime to Hulu they, myself. They, they and you walk outside, you get hit in the face with a Hulu. It's just like here's all the Hulu, and it's over. Um, choose a Godwin. We are done. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. And you are welcome, listeners, for all that information in such a short amount of time. Uh, we still went over by quite a bit. So, ha ha, fuck. Peace out. A PFT Media Production.